Welcome back. Wow, that was nice. So, yeah, I went with a little different tone, a little different cadence. That's nice. Had, uh, you look like you need to pick me up. So no, I'm, no, no, I'm good. Okay. You're more you're I was happier. the one that was tweeting. You're happier today, I yeah, feel like, than course. you were last time. We fucking won. Yeah, but like last time felt like a, uh, I don't know, you you, well, you a felt Saturday. a little like, emotional. You had me working on the weekend. Welcome to the welcome to this fucking studio, Jack. This grind. You don't get an office unless also, you're working on a Saturday. Why is Sexy P also, why does he keep eating lunch? I thought you cut his lunches. Where, when's he eating lunch? Like last last time I was in here. Oh, he, he ate lunch, lunch last yeah. Saturday? Sorry. Two weeks I ago. let him go. I let him eat lunch once a week. Okay. Better not be today. You think he's going to eat? No, he's, of course he's not. Grind. That's all I got for today. Your episode. <laughs> I'm out. I'm tapped out. I'm out. That was my. Um, I kind of, I kind of just like doing Q and A's. Okay. I almost feel like that might be us. Okay. I don't know what they are today, but I wanted <laughs> to keep doing those. All right, because how do I feel about just doing Q and A's? I don't know if it's just going to be the content, but if we have good Q and A's, I'm cool with that because the purpose of this is to help others. How can others help us? Share with the friend who's in. Join the Discord if you want to ask questions to us. Listen, eventually this podcast is going to be global, and then we're we're going to pick one out of every two hundred questions, and you're not going to have access like this. Right, but now you can get our time for completely free. Well, here's Uh, the thing: it's like Q and A is a way for us to get content that we know people want to see. A lot of people like waste time making content that no one wants to see, and two, it's like people deciding on the content for us yeah. so it's a little bit less work for us but could be no i tuned in as lazy yeah that that's not the angle i was gonna say if our goal is to help creators what better way to help creators than answer their questions directly they've got questions and we've got answers uh i want to start off with a youtube focus one because I, I do feel like in today's oh we're hitting on youtube creator environment um YouTube is just such a big part of of that, right? Like, even if you're growing on TikTok, I feel like every TikToker is like, how do I get more people on YouTube? Yeah. And everyone who started on YouTube is has, like, a nice, you know, grasp of running a business through it. So Steve Ratshaw asked, when starting out your YouTube channel, how did you grow? Was it just from consistently posting videos, or did you use other social medias to promote it as well? So, I mean, we have a lot of experience because I started on YouTube, obviously, in the fantasy space when it was not saturated. YouTube had obviously been around for a long time, but there weren't a lot of creators doing it. Uh, now you're going heavy into YouTube with your own personal brand, your you know your brand, and then we're doing YouTube, obviously, with big content. So we have a few different ways to... Um, yeah, you start because you did the grow from... You really grew from zero to... Mm-hmm. Are you guys at 100 yet? Soon. So we'll get it this summer, but yeah. it's just... This is not like a big growth period right, for us. Right. It'll it'll happen like out of nowhere. It'll be like not, not, not growing, and then just yeah. we'll get there in like yeah. a week. Um, starting at your YouTube channel, how did you grow? Is it from consistently posting or... Okay. So, like I said, it was not saturated when I was doing fantasy videos. There, There are basically, I think, two ways to grow on social... And both of them lead back to going to places that are not saturated. It could be platform-based or it could be topic-based, right? You can either find a popular platform um, that's just completely unsaturated, which is what TikTok had been kind of for the last two years. But you're seeing, like, I think we're seeing in front of our eyes a very drastic shift in how easy it is to get views on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I think it's become a lot more difficult over the last you know, six months, eight months yeah. since we started this podcast. Um, or you can go to a platform that's already saturated, but... The topic itself is not saturated on there. And that's where I found myself with fantasy football on YouTube. YouTube had been around for, I don't know, 10 years probably at that point. But I think when I started, 
there might have been like three or four channels in <laughs> making fantasy football mm-hmm. content. Like the fantasy footballers, I think, were one of them. And that in itself is such an advantage point. It's, it's just first mover's advantage. And you always want to be thinking of first mover's advantage. So I say, like, whatever content you're doing, like you're a marketer first, you're a media company first, you're trying to find where you can grow first and then make sure your content about the subject is really informative. I got it. I got lucky doing that. Like I wasn't looking at it from like, oh my God, you know, there's no one doing it here. Can't wait to get in there and see my subscribers grow and shit. I just felt most comfortable doing most comfortable doing video. That happened to be the platform where people were putting videos out. So I did it. And yes, consistency of course is going to be the thing that helps you grow. If I were to start doing fantasy football content today, as much as I hate the TikTok platform personally using it, that would be where I spent most of my time doing YouTube shorts, doing TikTok. Like I would do a lot of vertical platform really? stuff. There's you, you just can't really do long form fantasy content right now on YouTube as your main thing and expect to grow. If you're going to do long form, I would almost say you have to focus on making sure that the long form content you're doing can be utilized on short form platforms. You know, like we right now are doing YouTube videos and then we're taking clips from the YouTube videos and putting them on to other platforms. And I think that could work, but I actually think if you're really, really starting out, like you're so far behind the ball on YouTube that you almost need to focus what you're, you almost need to do the long form segments with the intention of being like, this is perfectly set up for short form videos. And I don't do that when I'm making YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. So example of that would be, here's my five sleeper picks for the 2023 fantasy drafts. And then the chapters, this is how you think of it. It's one long story with chapters. One chapter that could become a short is this, my sleeper quarterback. The next one is my sleeper running back. The next one is my sleeper wide receiver. It's a mix of verbiage storytelling. The way that you're setting it up has to be laid out so that it could do well in short form. But again, it goes back to like TikTok is the leverage point is that that's where you can grow. Right. And then, is it saturated on there with fantasy? Honestly, I would say not really. Yeah, I think you can grow really, really quickly on there. Eventually, there will be another platform that comes out, and most people are like, ah, I don't really want to get on there because it's new and it's weird or whatever, but that's where people are going to grow. It's just an involvement. But have it. you seen a transfer of your TikTok following over to YouTube? Not necessarily, but I'm saying you can't be fixated on being like, I need to grow a platform on YouTube. Like, why do you care about where your platform is? My, because my because YouTube offers the most depth and quality and community and engagement. Yeah, but if you're if you're going to get emotional about the actual platform that you're on, I think you're you're focusing on the wrong things. You can build a community through these other platforms if you're do if you're making high quality content. You and could. That's I just true. I just don't think there's a lot of room to just grow from zero to you know 10k, 50k, 100k on YouTube. Unless you can do it, you could absolutely do it, but it's going to take you so long. It's going to take you so much longer. Isn't that what we kind of preach, though? It's going to take you an unnecessarily long time to do it. Why do you think that? Because it's saturated. You're so far behind the ball that, like, if I when I started eight years ago, my thumbnails didn't have to be up to par because there was no par. Well, I think there's a new bar, but if you're better than the rest. But if you're starting out, like, it's going to take you three years to get to what the bar was five years ago. Why? You're saying because you don't think you'll perfect thumbnails by then? Now, in order to stand out, your thumbnails have to be really good. Your hooks have to be really good. Your content has to be incredible, right? I think that's what we should be encouraging, not go do a shitty version of it on TikTok. I'm not saying do a shitty version of it on TikTok. So why wouldn't you just do that high quality on YouTube over TikTok? Because you can't grow on YouTube right now in the fantasy space. I don't think that's true. Um, I, I think it's harder than it was eight years ago. But what if someone builds a following on TikTok and the event? Do you agree that the eventual goal is to be on YouTube? I, th- I, I think it's easy to romanticize that. 
I think it's easy to be like, I want to be a big YouTube creator because a lot of people have had success on YouTube building businesses. I don't know how realistic it is for people to start right now in a saturated space and expect to grow an audience and expect to grow a business via YouTube without help from other platforms. Okay, so the help from other platforms, I think, is is maybe the part where I would agree with you, where how do you get into the algorithm right away? Like, if you don't have Twitter following where you can tweet out the link and get 100 views in that first three minutes, which then puts you into the algo, maybe I hear you, but I, I disagree. I completely disagree. Okay. I, I take the stance of... You don't know anything about the fantasy space. But that's the thing. YouTube is going... That's the thing. It's not the fantasy space. I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement that it would be harder to grow on YouTube. But if you make, if you make that content starting today and then over a five year span, because if, if you don't, if you build up your TikTok audience over the next twenty four months and then you start YouTube, because then you can drive people from that platform, you're two years behind. Yeah, you have audience in one place, but we've seen how hard it is to convert on on. YouTube's extremely it's, saturated, but it was extremely saturated five years ago, too. Not in my space. And I guess... Listen, it was, I, though. Everyone would have said it was. No, it was. I'm telling you, when I was there, I, it wasn't. It, it, there was it, three people me, making if, fucking... But what do you think content. it's going to be like in 10 years? There's videos of me fucking three years ago being like, this is a golden time to do it because there's nobody on the fucking but, platform and all these big brands and companies are going to come in and then PFF came in and all these motherfuckers came in and then grew. But what do you think is going to be in five years? A new platform where people can grow. I don't know where. I don't know what. I but, just, I just, I don't think you can get so overly attached to a, a single platform like YouTube because these things change so rapidly and so quickly. Do I, am I, am I biased towards YouTube? Are we all probably yes because I think it's the best platform. I mean, that's we're come not, around in I, a long time. I wouldn't have to be, but I'm coming in from an angle of that was the only platform we didn't put attention to, and I don't, I don't like right. And you romantic. built an entire business about uh, not having anything to do with YouTube, which yeah. is why I'm saying like. If you, I, I think his question, I, I, I think maybe the the way he stated his question, when starting out your YouTube channel, how did you grow? I yeah. think you might need to look more internally about why you feel like it needs to be a YouTube channel. I think that might be it. Like, but, I, but my point is, I've built an entire business on other platforms, and I'm saying go to YouTube because deeper engagement with the audience, longer form content higher watch time, ability to sell more advertisement, ability to sell your own products. Because on TikTok, it's just 10 times harder to do that in short form. If you're saying a new platform is going to come around, then yeah, maybe. But it has to be a longer form platform. Yeah, TikTok I, followers, I have 100,000 followers. I don't make a dollar off that platform. I get it's it. Useless. It literally feels like a use. If TikTok went away tomorrow, it would not change my business brand life 1%. So how can we make the recommendation to say that but it, are you saying grow on TikTok to then drive to YouTube? I think I mean that's I think that's the only reasonable way to grow yeah. on fantasy YouTube right Got now. It. Okay. It's like if you were to start a podcast about fantasy football right now, you there's just zero chance you're organically growing. Uh, agreed. Podca because because that is when you say it's so busy over there and and I understand that. Don't the message isn't like pick another platform. It's it's do something unique on YouTube. Okay. Um, when I first started making videos, like the reason YouTube was unsaturated was because everybody was blogging yeah. and starting to do podcasts mm -hmm. on it. And it's the old saying, you know, go where or, or yeah. you go where the puck is going or whatever. You know, whatever. Skate where the puck is going. Skate where the puck is going or whatever. 
And that's the reason I got the opportunity to thrive on YouTube because everybody was so focused on, they looked at the people who got successful and they say, I need to take that path in order to get there. But if it took them five years to get where they're going, it's exponentially longer for you to get there following that same path. Agreed. That's what I'm saying is YouTube's still the platform for me and it should be, but don't follow, don't do what type of content you do. Don't do what flock does. Don't do what others are already doing. You got to create your own path. I, I, yeah, I, I you guess. might you you could easily make the argument though that we've ex, we've kind of expensed all paths of types of fantasy football content. But who's the dynasty person on YouTube? I mean, there are definitely like channels where there's probably openings for it. Right, there, there are. I think there are a cool uh, a few different like niches there that can get can get their own like following yeah. within there. Um, which then, I yeah, which I think is like kind of what you're saying or kind of what I was saying where it's like you go to the platform that's unsaturated or a topic with uh, in a, a saturated platform yes. that's up. If you go do general fantasy content on YouTube, I agree with you. You're you're it's shit out of luck. No chance. Unless you are the funniest, most entertaining, or have the best, right? There's like a YouTube channel that's starting to get kind of popular now. Maybe they've been popular for a while, but within the Dynasty space, it's called like Dynasty Trades in 5, mm-hmm. where they do like five-minute videos that are... Um, they take like trades or whatever, they analyze them in five minutes yeah. and, and they've gained a lot of popularity and some of the people on the show are, are pretty well known in the dynasty mm-hmm. space, which I think is a cool twist on it. Yeah. But I think that that type of content, five minutes can play just as well on these other platforms and probably gain you a little bit more steam. I guess my point is just like, don't romanticize us being popular on YouTube with the way that you feel like you need to be successful or popular. Like it, I know TikTok is where to go to grow right now. But my, my thing is not necessarily like, oh, TikTok is where you should go because it has depth or whatever. It's just keeping an eye on the platforms that do allow you to grow. Unsaturate, you always need to just go where it's unsaturated, I, I guess is the point where yeah. is what I'm trying to get at. I um, mean, I'll give my my history. We started on Snap, fully on Snap. And that is why I went to Snapchat, which is why it's funny mm-hmm. to see us kind of arguing over this. Instagram was was saturated. Now it's 100 times more saturated. Twitter was saturated. I actually feel like Twitter hasn't necessarily grown uh, to, to the degree that, like, Instagram creators came on the platform. Uh, we never, I never really thought to go to YouTube because I was aggregating content. I wanted the quick kind of reactionary stuff, and YouTube didn't match that. Our YouTube growth, so we went from zero to like, I want to say 8K on just like random stuff. Like I would do giveaways, I would post reactions, and it was awful content. (laughs) Then during COVID, we actually did a bunch of gaming series that, you know, everyone had a bunch of time. So they were watching our shit. We played in a Madden league with like Hollywood Brown and Derwin James, Joe Mixon. So thumbnails, titles were kind of easy there. So we went from like eight to 30K. And then we were just, then we stopped creating content on there because COVID happened. Casey went back to school and it was a team of like one. So then over the past year, we posted just like aggregated, entertaining uh, content, not original content. And we went from 30 to 600K <laughs> on shorts. As I've said, those subs don't mean shit. Like they literally mean nothing. But, um, that, but that's a reflection of your content, not the, not the platform. No offense, but putting out yeah. content like that is yeah, going to yeah. spur growth of people who are not looking to connect with 100%. you as a person. Uh, yeah, and as we shed, we're like shedding subscribers right now, which is perfect mm-hmm. because right now when when our our video goes live, it hits the wrong people, yeah. you know, and, and then the watch times down, click through rates down, and it just fucks with the algorithm. So I don't mind the shedding. Um, 
So that's almost why I'm like, don't cheat the system. Meanwhile, our gaming channel and our React channel, which is very clearly defined, well, you know, consistent, it's thematic, uh, people know what they're getting. Like, that's actually seen a lot of success. Um, so we, we do, now to take it back to the question, we do have the ability to drive from other platforms, promote our content elsewhere, and then link towards it. And that, I know for a fact, does help. But... But not, big not, but. Yeah, not anywhere near as much as most people probably think. Exactly. So, like, think about this concept. We post the link and maybe, like, a 10-second, 20-second snippet to our Snap. It'll get 100,000 views. That'll probably lead to, like, 100 clicks, 200 clicks. I was going to say, on Twitter, <laughs> if I post a link to a random video with, like, a thumbnail on there, yeah. you could see the analytics. You just click on it yeah, and see like link clicks. 18 links. 17 link clicks. Yeah. If I post something where... I bring on like a big name guest or something like that. Like when I brought Andy Holloway, the fantasy footballers yeah. on for a video last week or whatever, might get up to like 150 clicks, yeah. which is cool. But it in the does, grand, that does, that matter. kind of stuff does matter, yeah. especially because people will click on it quick and it'll be like YouTube, you know, yes. be like, Oh, we got a lot of clicks yes. early. Um, that stuff can work a little bit, but definitely should not be like a big part of your game plan and be like, Oh, this is how we're going to grow, et cetera. Cause that stuff is very, uh, it's just not, I will thing. say we did our Knicks Cavs vlog and I, we pulled a clip of Sean, Sean's uh big Knicks personality posted a clip of him with the YouTube, uh, like quote tweeted the YouTube link and the thumbnail. And that led to like 50 clicks. And then that actually really helped the video. So it was like our best performing video since the launch of our channel. Um, but, was- but if you have other people in your content or like, and, and you're just like, hey, will you tweet out the link? Don't think that that's going to, like, take it from zero to one. It's, it's like when you have yet. guests on podcasts. Like, if you got me onto one of your fantasy football videos, and then you tweeted the link out, being like, Nick and, came on to talk about you running backs, it. and I retweeted it, it's going to get you two clicks, maybe. Exactly. Two fucking clicks. Yeah. So, I, I, we'll wrap this up and say, um, did you use other social media to promote? I'll say I, I use no social media to promote yeah. my YouTube. I'm telling, if you go to an unsaturated place, yeah. whether it's the platform or the topic within the platform, and you put out really good content... You will organically grow. The algorithm will take care of you. I, I will follow it up with no. I could have summarized that entire 20-minute talk with what I just said right <laughs> but, there. But let me give you something that is meaningful. Play to the platform that you're on. So instead of like being like, hey, I'm going to tweet a link to my TikTok, you know, so more people watch my five sleeper video. If you did a collab with someone on TikTok, that is money. If you do a collab with someone who's who their face can be used in the thumbnail on YouTube, that actually is meaningful, and that is essentially using other platforms to promote your stuff. Like that is that's the collab game. Yeah. Next question from Michael Smitty. I kind of like this because he said, "Are you artistic? Do mm. you art?" <laughs> Because I think there is, my sister's super artistic yeah. in like a drawing, painting, whatever way. And I couldn't be further from that. Like she took all of that. I took everything else. So, you know, <laughs> athleticism, smarts, business, good looks, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know? Super artistic. Humbleness. Like you know, It's called humility. So intelligence as well. Yeah. <laughs> took that from you. I think about this all the time because I used to think when I started, I was like, I used to literally label myself like I'm, I'm I'm not creative at all yeah and for some reason I overlapped creativity and artistic ability and I'm like those two are not the same thing creativeness is creating something out of thin air which I think I'm very good at art uh, art is something that like art is an expression I think of of yourself in in different ways and I always thought of it as drawing painting whatever but now I enjoy making thumbnails and doing mm-hmm. things in photoshop and I found myself becoming more artistic and I feel like you are the complete, like, I feel like you hate anything to do with art. (laughs) 
Uh, we had three options. Like, do you even up. have Photoshop on your laptop? Yeah, yeah I do. But yeah. I'm trash at it. Like, I, I can, I know how to work it, like crop and, and PNG, like take the. Well, I, okay. But before you get it, sorry. I, I think. The no, point, I can't make a thumbnail. Right. And I think like a lot of people, like with content creation or like with most things in life, you look yeah. at a basketball player who's extremely talented and you're just like, they were born with that. It's yeah. Like, couldn't be further from the truth. People that are good at drawing, painting, maybe they have a little bit more natural skill to them. My sister's been drawing since she was fucking four years old. That's the reason why she's good at it, right? I was terrible at Photoshop when I started doing things within the content creation space. Mm -hmm. I'm much better at it now because I've worked on it every single day for like six years. So I think there's this notion that when it comes to something that's art, because there's no like defined path, there's no math, there's no science behind it, that like creativity and art just comes from people that are naturally gifted at it, which I would argue now... I used to think that way, but I'd argue now that's not true. Well, I think it's it's a starting point. So if I were born six foot six and could jump out the gym, right, there's a better chance I'm going to be better at the sport. But that doesn't What mean, would you equate that to? That's an easy comp because, like, basketball height, that's like well, a very that's physical, you can look at. Oh, that's so, like a material thing. Though. Right, but I'm saying I actually do think people are born more artistic than others. I agree. Like, but, like they, ha they have that, they have that vision. I mean, some people can't even hear. They're tone deaf, right? So if, if music's an art, they're at a major disadvantage. And some people just hear it. Like, they're, they're naturally gifted at it. Now, if you grind it for six years and put in the work, could you get to a level? I think there's like there's a floor for everyone, and then there's a ceiling for everyone. But this range right. is huge. Yeah, like you, if you grinded the violin for twenty years, I think you could get here. I do think that there's some people you'll never touch just because they are literally naturally more gifted than you. Uh, so in this world, you've grinded thumbnails for six years. I haven't. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll never get to that place. I'll continue to, to pay for them. But I, I, we talk about this all the time. Like, I don't think of myself as a creative, right? Which is why the word creator is so silly to me because I don't really create content. But you're I do. You're not a creator, but you're an artist. Right, I'm an artist. <laughs> but I am a creator now. And, and I think sometimes I don't give myself enough credit for coming up with stuff that maybe others would not be thinking about. But What would you consider as your, like, um, do you have, like, an artistic outlet at all? Um, I played saxophone growing up. But no, I, I don't. I mean... I guess coming up with the concepts for videos, like, but we struggle with those. That's why I say, like, I'm yeah. not that creative, but being able to think on the spot, I think is a lot of creativity. Like, even coming up with man on the street questions for, like, Snapback Mondays is something that I 100%. think. 100%. I think that's, that, a, that's, that's definitely a form of art. Right. Yeah. Um, the question was just, are you artistic? Do you art? Yeah, so I'm, I'm not, like, very artistic, but I just, I just wanted people that also felt like they are not artistic to understand that just like anything in life, it's something you could work on. If you're not good at thumbnails, you're not good at like video editing, you're not good at any of that stuff, you have to work on it in order to become better. Yeah. Like I'm thinking about our our edits for the YouTube channel. And if if you gave me all the skills to be able to edit, would I be able to do what like Matt and Ryan do? Cause I do think they're like so much more creative. So in that sense, I do think if you worked at it and then you take inspiration, you get better at it. You could, I could get there, but they're like some of these edits. I'm like, God, that's so good. Like I would have never thought about that. Yeah. They also have like a memory bank of 
like stuff that they can just pull from because yeah. they're those creative types. No, nah, nah, I feel you on that. There are, there are times where I see shit. I'm like, I wouldn't even thought of that. But exactly. But then like if you were in your bag doing it and you knew how to edit for like four years yes. or whatever, then you would come, you would do things that like no one else would have thought of. 100%. It would just be very different. You know, yeah. the, the style of editing is very yeah. different. Just go in, go into your style. What you feel yeah. is right. Uh, Cody asks, what are the best business resources or tools you've learned on as you've built your businesses? Um, not really is sure it, if he's referring like to business classes. I'm not sure. Like, what are the best business resources or tools? So I guess it could be either. Um, I'm a, I, I listen to podcasts like 24 seven to help me with my craft, whether that's sports fantasy, but marketing business, whatever. Like, I mean, I, I left my corporate job when I was very young, so I didn't have anyone really teaching me. I had to go out and learn via YouTube videos and podcasts and articles and stuff like that. Podcasts have be, become my favorite way to, um, way to learn. But I, you know, I go out and I, and I browse and I listen to a lot of different stuff, whether it's, you know, obviously Gary Vee, but smart passive income with Pat Flynn's really good social media marketing with Michael Stelzner's one of my favorites, but I, I'm always like experimenting with different social media platforms or different social media podcasts to help me learn about these platforms and not necessarily even like learn about the platforms, but really act as like a middleman to tell me whether or not I need to be spending my time on these platforms. Um, in terms of like tools, the Adobe suite is, I think, you know, we've talked about Photoshop 48 times already, yeah. but I love Photoshop. I like Canva a lot. Um, this new AI software, opus.pro, O-P-U-S.P-R-O, I think is going to be a huge game changer for people that make long form video. They want to chop up for a short form. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess in my creativity, I don't know where this would would fall, but I think I'm really good at taking in a lot of information, sifting through, and then banking almost the learnings from it. So that's actually a skill and ability that I think is underrated. Like if you were to give me an hour podcast, I would listen through and then come away with like four of those items. And I feel like a lot of people, they'll like listen through and then it's it's almost just like a waste of an hour. So this the age we live in is insane. Like you got the top CEOs, execs, athletes, artists, any field, they're talking about how they get there, how they got there, what they do in their day to day. Like the transparency into their lives is next level. Everything is in content. So yeah, you can just use that stuff to learn and it's all for free for the yeah. most part. I, w I would say it's better that you only, like I'm, I'm the same way. If I've listened to it's Wednesday right now, I've probably listened to 15 podcasts this week already. Start free. Starting on Monday. Yeah, I don't take in that much. And I might only take away two key points from all 15 combined yeah. right now. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. Like I like them as background. They're soothing to me. They're mm -hmm. like a way for me to, they're almost like meditation for me, honestly. <laughs> but I know going into an hour long podcast, there might only be one or two things that really resonate with me. And yeah. I think a lot of people that read I don't know, nonfiction books feel the same way. Like when I read, I might take away one thing that actually sticks with me and I'm okay with that. And I think you have to be okay with that going into it. And you have to realize like whatever the best way for you to learn is the best way for you to learn. And don't like try to fit yourself into someone. Don't go into an hour long podcast being like, I got to remember all this shit. Yeah. It always, it, people sometimes will like, it's like know. the pressure of reading a book too. Yeah, like, like it, it shouldn't be pressure filled. It should be something that like something that resonates with you should be something yeah. that naturally resonates with you. And that's yeah. where you take inspiration from. That's where you take creativity from. Something that like really sparks in your mind is not going to be something that sparks with somebody else, you know? Yeah. And that's the difference between the outlet. That's the difference between the stuff that you produce and the stuff that other people produce. Things just spark in your brain that don't spark in other people's brain and vice versa. I'm trying to think of other tools. Anchor, obviously free podcasting software, which is part of, or it's Spotify for podcasters now is actually what it's called. Um, what'd you remove background dot remove dot BG 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's a tool in Photoshop with like one click that basically does the same thing yeah. now, so I don't do that. Um, but that is good, I guess. If you're Chat GPT can write you YouTube <laughs> titles now, like genuinely. What else say? The, the YouTube this previous week's big content was right from Chat GPT. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I don't think there's definitely other ones, but um, we'll get back into that eventually. Smitty, what is your take on giant margs? That's for you. That's for you. I assume. That's what do you mean? For all of us. Giant marks are for everybody. Are they? I love them. Yeah. So, yeah. It, well, it's like, okay. How'd you become a Marg guy? That's a great question. I don't know. I don't remember my um, my Marg origin story. Because it's tattooed on your body. So, they're, <clears throat> it's part of your life, right? Yeah. I'd have to... Um, maybe there's somewhere in like a vlog or a video where it started. I wonder if I went back like five years and found like a spot in a video where it all... How yeah. much of you drinking Margs is content versus living your life naturally? Like 98% if, natural. Yeah. Yeah. But um, like there is a 2%. There's a 2% in, in the sense that like I'll go to a place where I haven't had a Marg from it yet, but there's another drink on the menu that I'm like, I'd rather have that, but okay. I need to try and score. Yeah. I've, I've, that's happened a couple times, but it's not... I don't go out of my way to be like, oh, it's a Wednesday night. I need to drink a Marg for the score. Like I would never do that. Okay. Unless. Unless. Giant Marg. So I... I What's a giant Marg? Like a like solo a, or a share? I think they mean like a... A big, big mark, like a shared one, like Probably, with the like big something like this big, yeah. With us to share, yeah. Because I think there's, you know, the margaritas, right, in a in a glass, Heard but then them, there's yeah. the ones that are like, yeah, they're like huge. We yeah, both, yeah. You ever been to like Cali Anti Cap? Cali. I Cali don't. Anti-Cap. I'm not like a huge. I, I love right next to Bleecker Street Pizza. I'm like, I want to go there for Cinco de Mayo. Actually, anyways, when is Cinco de Mayo? May fifth. Two days from now. Is that May fifth every year? <laughs> yeah. Is it Cinco de Mayo is May fifth, Jack? Uh, trying to get after it or no? I'm going to be in Kentucky. <sighs> You're going to be in fucking Kentucky. Do they even know what a Mexican person is in Kentucky? <laughs> I'm not I'm not going down that path. <laughs> All right. Giant Marg. Okay, so here's the thing. If I'm grading out, if I'm rating a Marg, I know without a doubt, there's like a there's like a cutoff line between how big a Marg is and I know what the score is probably going to end up yeah. being. Because if it's like in a cocktail glass, usually way better. As soon as the cups start to get to like this size, mm-hmm. the ratio is all off and they're just making drinks and they don't know what they're doing pouring anymore. But once it gets to once it gets to giant Marg status, it's just like novelty at that point. I've only ever drank a Marg when it, when I'm in like a, uh, a Marg that big when I'm in like a party environment, you know, when you're with like eight people and everyone's like ready to get fucked up. Mm-hmm. So I think I have an association of giant Margs with like really fun outings. Oh, events. really? I thought you were going to say that they would get worse scores because I don't it's really kind of f- just poured in a yeah. bad and stirred. Well, up. that's the thing. Like once it gets to the giant mark, I don't care about scores anymore. Right. I'm more just like, this is a, Facts. this is a fucking vibe. Mark. Have you done uh Mexico before? Like, have you done a Marg tour Marg trip before? Like uh, trying to I'm find sure the best margarita? The you, like, I mean, have you been to Mexico? You mean? Like, the last five years of my life. Is <laughs> <laughs> no, but like you said, you're not actively doing it. I've been to Mexico. I don't score any outside of New York City just because I feel like that would kind of ruin it. Like even when Are like you pre- keeping a tally of how many? No, 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 of of your scores. Yeah, they're all on my my. Um, I don't have Instagram on my phone right now, but on Instagram, like the highlights uh, on my profile uh, are just like mark ratings. There's multiple of them because gotcha. it gets you a hundred and they make you start a new one. Well, how many are up to? Um, like two or three, m- maybe two three hundred. Yeah, I had more, but I didn't rate them for the first like three years I lived here. Unfortunately. Uh. Then I just started, and I was like, damn, I'm so far behind. But there's a lesson here. I did a Marg tour in a New Jersey mall once. No, time. you're skipping the lesson. This is going to be, we're going to bring it all together. Were we? Is that wait you, skip, you skip the last, you skip the first three years, but that didn't stop you. It's from never s- too late. Exactly. <sighs> Bars. That's how we make margaritas. 
See, that's my creativity. That was front good. and center. That was cute. That's um, my creativity. It's cute. <laughs> it's cute to everyone. It's a little joke. A little fucking joke. Actually, Kelsey asked a few last week that we didn't get to. I see you guys looking for feedback all the time. Talk us through the process of what you do with that feedback. How do you apply it? How do you bring it up in conversations? So we don't do shit with the feedback. We just want comments on the, on the video. <laughs> no, I I, uh, I think we've just been trying to find like the direction of this podcast for quite a while. So the feedback does help in the sense that we don't know if you guys want more generalized talk, if you want more like creator-focused talk or you know, Q&A, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so the feedback is helpful for us just in general direction we don't like we don't use a ton of feedback i don't think we've asked for a ton of feedback honestly outside of just saying like hey drop comments and like feedback or whatever yeah, down yeah. below uh we don't have like brainstorm sessions with this no. which i would like to put more effort into and do it and do a twitter spaces once a week but you ever ask your audience for feedback on things like for snapback every single time we do literally anything so i would say our business is built off feedback okay talk through that so Example, Snapback Kitchen, the logo and branding, we got feedback on. The hats. From who? From the audience. I just post it. Okay. I just post V1. What do you think? Uh, That's good. That's bad. Now, once again, this is where I think my skills come into play, and I can filter through the feedback and and take what's meaningful. There's also an element to the audience doesn't know what they, they want, right? Sometimes they do, but not all the time. And that's where the business leaders need to create and and teach them essentially what they want. But Snapback Kitchen, our rebrand, the logo, uh, colors, the hats. Uh, we're doing a baseball tour. We're going to five games. I wanted to see where most people are. It's a mixture of feedback and almost like polling so that we know something will at least have legs to begin. Uh, we get feedback on like what gaming series we do, on what games we should go to, on what platform we should be on next, on uh, – we're launching the Superfam subscription. We're going to have, you know, a Discord. You'll get a hat, a pin. You'll get uh, AMAs with athletes, all this stuff. What else would you want to have? So pretty much every single thing we do, uh, I get feedback on. Yeah, I think the most difficult thing with that is is sifting through um, what the audience wants versus, like, what you want and how, mm-hmm. much, to, how much effort to put into both sides of that. Because a lot yeah. of times they're, they're combative, right? And a lot of times... I, I think it's like, hey, we're going through a logo rebrand, right? That's happening. Can we get your opinion? Or these are what the logos and why the logos are going to be like this. What do you think about this? How does Because sometimes it is just one of us or five of us, and we think we know everything, but we definitely don't. But with something like logo, it's so it's such a creative expression that it's like, I and maybe this is just a personal feedback. I don't, I don't know if I care about feedback on that. I'm like, I want to make it the way I want to make it because it's my business or brand. Where it's like, what is someone going to tell me that changes that, my mind? I, th- I think a little bit of it, it for us is like our audience and community actually makes our brand to a degree. Um, and so, like we said, we're going forward with the hat because this is the vision. But we went through six variations of the hats. And, you know, some people hate this logo, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But feedback was constructive and helpful and at the end of the day we do make the final decision i was gonna say if you you loved the logo like you made a logo and you were like i fucking love this oh yeah like everybody hated it well audience wise i don't for me i'm ripping that logo no doubt about it. i wouldn't because then it's it's something that if i felt like they didn't understand why or they didn't get why then maybe not but if they were just like that's ugly as shit i would listen to them and be like that's okay. I'm wrong. I don't see it that way, but I'm wrong. The difference. Yeah. yeah. And and the, admittedly, this is without a doubt one of the weak points. And 
the way I operate the business. Yeah. I very rarely ask for feedback yeah. um, from the audience, but as we're getting more focus and investing more into like products and things like that, yeah. I'm definitely asking for more feedback because what I, th- what I think feedback definitely does too, is just kind of help you have bumpers on a bowling alley a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, yeah, it, it is cool to, you know, express yourself creatively through whether it's products or services, but when you are investing a lot into it, a lot of time, a lot of energy, mm-hmm. a lot of money, whatever it is, it's good to know that it's not, you know, just completely going to waste. Yeah. So I do want to know that, okay, I think this product is really cool, but like if it's not useful for 95% of the people, probably not worth doing. You know, if the risk in what you're making is low, you know, if you're just like, hey, I'm working an hour outside of business hours to make this thing, then it's mm-hmm. not really a big deal whether or not someone likes it because you're just kind of doing it for yourself. So um, I guess that's something that you have to ask yourself is how important is it to you versus how important it is for the actual people and like who are going to be using it. Um, so yeah, that's something I need, I definitely need to be a little bit better with. Feedback, feedback's good. And, and if you actually take their feedback and then do their feedback, then you kind of gain a fan for, for life or for that segment, or, you know, they're going to feel like they're part of the process, which they deserve to, to have that reward. What, <laughs> what is that picture? What does it look like? Uh, no, what does it actually look like to you? It looks like a, what's the thing on the ground though? That, is that a dog? I don't know. I, I mean, I see what they're trying. Uh, in the, no, you don't see what they're trying to do. I don't think so. In no, the, it's a, no, no, no. Like, yeah, but what is it? It's a finger. Is that That's someone's a finger? arm? I think it's someone's arm. Okay. So hold on. Oh, wow. So in yesterday's YouTube video, um, <laughs> or it was an, I was doing an underdog draft and I don't know why, like, my mind spiraled out, like, really quickly. Within, like, 45 seconds, I was... I said something about how if you don't have fingers to, like, download the Underdog app, I'll Venmo you... Like, if you're if you're typing this with a nub for an arm, I'll Venmo you $50, and then someone in the Discord <laughs> just sent me that picture. You owe him 50 bucks. 100%. Yeah. I might send him 250 bucks. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, I just... I don't... Can I ask him if it's real? Is that so disrespectful? I'm doing it. I already did it. I don't. I asked you for permission after I already did it. Right. You asked for feedback, and then you didn't take the feedback that I would have given you. What were you going to give me? I would have said, no, just send the $50. That would have been my feedback. But you can take that as, as you wish. I'll edit the message. No, no, no. Now you can't. It's, I don't think it's a problem. <clears throat> I think it's... He clearly he just is doing gave me it. a thumbs up emoji under the, is that real? That's kind of ironic. <laughs> Damn, I want to fucking... Uh, okay, we need to end this. Um, wow, that was... Clearly, he's got a good sense of humor. Or he's oh, yeah. fiending for $50. I'm going to go with, with the former, though. That was wild. <clears throat> it's kind of epic. I'm going to send you, like, a 30-second clip of me ranting about, like, people with no fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay, we have more. I think Kelsey had one more that wasn't worst question I've ever seen. Uh, last one, I promise. When you see other people making the same products as you, do you think of it as competition or do you think... Or do you use that to inspire you to offer something unique? We didn't answer answer this one. Mm. Um, I think that you have to look at it as competition. If they're making the same product, if you sell a hat and I sell a hat, it's got to be competition. Now, the competition, as we discussed all last episode, can inspire you to make a better hat, make a different hat, uh, innovate on what your hat looks like, but it's got to be competition if it's the same same product. Yeah, I think um, a lot of it comes back from like where you started, the intent of it, too. If you're making... I don't think there's ever a spot where you should make something where you don't feel like you're just giving value to people. You know, like you should, the, the products and services should come out of the, the, like the origin story for every product or service should be like, you have an overwhelming feeling of like, this is something really cool that I could offer my audience. So with merch, how, how do you think about that? Um, 
I honestly, we don't put a lot of thought into merch whatsoever. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's not a big part of yeah. what we do. Um, but like, what, what would you say? Because I agree with you. If you're creating products, the best way any product's going to grow is through word of mouth. And the only reason they would grow through word of mouth is because you think you're gaining immense value. So not, not, okay. I, I have kind of some good, uh, real life example, I guess for this. So there's, um, this streetwear brand called Los Angeles apparel that I love their shirts for. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I want to start making our merch on this apparel. Cause I mm-hmm. think it's really high quality. I think it's fucking amazing. So for me looking at merch, that was like the origin story. Yeah. for it. That was like, damn, I feel like I could provide something that our audience would love if they got their hands on. So right. we, I ordered a bunch of blanks from them. Uh, we got like this, this heat printing press that my friend brought in. We have like, uh, you know, we bought ink, we bought mm-hmm. all this stuff. And I don't even remember what happened. We didn't, we don't, and it's all like sitting in the room next door. Um, so we didn't start doing it, but that was, that's an example of yeah, like, for the first time I really thought about merch and the thought about making it came from a very, like, I don't care what other brands are doing when it comes to merch. I'm like, I fucking love this. And I know yeah. that other people, if they got their hands on it with our stuff on it would also, um, would also love it. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of the way I try. I to just look think at the, the print, the days of printful and slapping your logo on there, people Shitty. have seen through that yeah. because there's no value add unless, unless the value add is an exclusive drop. I think that's value. If, if, uh, I, I, you know, what's, you know, what's pretty cool. I, I came across, um, do you follow, um, find his name, uh, Greg, I want to say his last name is maybe Eisenberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what it is? Yeah. Okay. Where it happens. A really good. Uh, marketing podcast he basically was like the test the ultimate test for whether or not you've built a brand Mm -hmm. is if you do a limited edition merch drop and it sells out yeah and i was like i've never heard brand said better than right there that is like that's it right there if you could do a limited edition merch drop it does apply to our friends at underdog 30 yeah if you do exactly underdog like we've done it the only like limited edition stuff we've ever done are the hats they they sell out yeah regular like pretty quickly and that makes me feel good and that makes me feel like okay you have people that are kind of like chomping at the bit to represent you yeah you know um and i think that's such a good thing because i think you look around a lot of brands who have not built a real brand and if they dropped a t-shirt a limited uh edition t-shirt whether Mm -hmm. it's 10 I think a lot of brands can't even sell out 10 t-shirts mm-hmm. if they try to, you know? And I think that's a telltale sign of whether or not you've built a real community, whether or not people are proud to represent what you're doing in a limited edition, in a limited quantity. Yeah. Um, so I think when you think of merch, I like the limited edition stuff for merch. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, you know, it's not something that can just happen out of its own right. Like if you want to do high quality stuff, like you, I mean, you put, you guys put in work for the hats, mm-hmm. you know, many iterations, working with manufacturers, working mm-hmm. with producers. Yeah. The coolest thing we're going to do, I want to show you this is, is actually our, our pins that are coming out. So we released the one that, the one that you gave me one. So we were getting actual pins made for every single, um, not every single one, but for a bunch of events we're going to do. Let's see if I can. So we worked with a design agency, Heartland, who's fantastic. And so we're doing a race in NASCAR or a NASCAR race in Chicago. And then we're going to five baseball games in five days. So like these are just some examples of like what they'll they'll look like. So we pay, you know, money for the design. We'll get the pins printed. There's elements of the cities involved. Like we're actually putting work behind it because iteration one of all this stuff was just going to be, you know, Put our logo on a hat, but no, we're you actually got to create it. Yeah, those are sexy. I think that was all the Q and A we had actually. So we'll keep it nice. We'll keep it light. All right. So you know how you always say unbelievable. How I, uh, oh, well, you ruined it. 
I was going to say, like, I always react to your welcome bike. Like, you got much deeper in the chair throughout the episode. Yeah, I mean, it's a comfortable chair. Yeah. I feel like I always get pretty deep throughout the episode. We'll have to we'll have to check the analytics on that. <laughs> the graph is going to be like that yeah, yeah. always. I just, yeah, I, I don't. I try not to slouch because then I know, I, like, I don't know whether or not I'm like even on camera at this point anymore. Skirt. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, you know what to do. Hit the button that looks like this. Subscribe to the channel That's if you're new. Fuck the hub. You can't do the thumbs up after everything we went through at the end of this episode. What do you mean? <laughs> Stop. Join the Discord where you can ask us your questions. <laughs> I'm excited to see what Tommy includes and doesn't include in this episode. He's got to include everything. Okay. Transparency wins. What oh, just happened? I'm scared to check the Discord uh, after me asking. You're fine. All right. I love you. So we put it together so we can have it on our site and have people play with us. So he's been working on that for a couple of weeks um, and we're going to kind of just like demo it on the big screen today. And then we have our, our, uh, our like rookie draft guide. We had to finish up post NFL draft. So like putting that together now and then should be live with the final touches by the end of day. I think. Yes, sir. See something over there. You like, I was just burping. Just Wasn't got sure. my teeth cleaned. You did. I'm going to be honest. I haven't been to the dentist in quite a while. I don't think I had been in like, <laughs> three years and then Hallie was like because COVID and then it's tough I just living in New York I never like found my doctors and my dentists and it my, really is you just like piecing together your health yeah you don't have like at stuff. home you're gonna same person for like 10 years Well, your mom just like set you up when you were much. 10 and then you're like you just go to the same place for <laughs> yeah. 15 years and now I don't I just walk into city MD if I'm dying yeah I just got a bill from them actually yeah um, waste I, of fucking time. I keep getting bills too, and I'm like, I can't tell if they're scamming. Like, I can't tell if they're real or not. No, because I'm learning <laughs> about this. Like, you don't, you know, you can fight the bills and like insurance. And so I, I just put four bills next to my bedside. So I got to call my mom and be like, Yo, do I pay these? Because this one dermatology place has hit me with like 14 reminders over the past year. And I'm like, I probably <laughs> owe that one. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's like 900 bucks, and I'm like, for what? Like, That's what I'm saying, do? because the, I'm telling you, there are, like, fake scammers out there that just, like, send you bills that if you look at, like, some of the fine print stuff, they're like, this isn't even from a real place. Oh, you're talking, you. like, scams. I'm talking, like, I don't even think I owe because yeah. I got insurance. Does insurance do shit? Uh, I mean, depends. Like, if, you're, if your insurance does shit, then it does shit. But we got the gold. They don't cut. Oh, I got, got like, the, I just moved off the catastrophic plan. <laughs> That's why mine, mine doesn't. Like it like, only covers you in a cap, catastrophic event. Correct. Like the only way I'm dipping into my insurance is if I'm dead, if I don't need it, basically, because I'm dead. Sick life out here. Like I wouldn't even know how how to go about starting to go to a dentist. Yeah, I'm gonna walk in there and be like, you can't. This isn't. You don't have insurance. You well, can't come here. No, you find out about in network, out of network. That yeah, I know it's that. A fucking mess. Like you're you're way behind me. I didn't know if I was gonna be able to get to my office today. Why? I just figured Knicks fans burn down 7th Ave, 6th yeah. Ave, 8th Ave. You'd be able to get there. But 7th Ave, yeah, shut down permanently for the championship parade. Did um did you stay and hang out after the game last night? I did. Like in the streets? No. I didn't. Um, I, I need had to get to. home to the kids. I need to. 
Uh, long day. Just was pretty tired. The game took a lot out of me. I mean, they needed us. They needed us to carry them till the fourth, and then I'll tell you what. Challenge. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't play with a lot of intensity. In no. the first half. It was gross. No, it was a nervous energy. It was a must win. It's it's the Ewing theory. It's the their best players out, so everyone else is going to play well. It puts a lot of pressure on the Knicks. Like, well, there's two uh two role players on Miami that were like fucking dynamite last night. I don't remember Martin's Vincent, great Martin. and Vincent. Yeah, yeah, they, they're really good players. They just got guys that'll keep coming at you, but. Thankfully, the Knicks' talent actually won out last night. It's kind of crazy how good the Heat are. I mean, they're not great, but like yeah. without Butler, Hero, Oladipo's on the on yeah, Miami. Yeah, like, yeah. Eh, you know nice. ball. I, 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 how it, did you know Oladipo was on Miami? You don't watch basketball, dude. I watched. I've watched like every second of every playoff game. Oh wow! I told you didn't you watch Lakers week. Warriors last night. No, nah, I didn't stay up. So I'll, I'll rewatch it. You think I'm not going back to grind tape? I think you are. Yeah. I'm so serious about ball when it matters. I'm not watching every regular season game. No, I would watch the Knicks more, but I can't. They're they're like they don't on YouTube TV. I can't. Oh, watch you that. don't you don't pay for cable. Yeah, I pay for cable. I think I should at this point. Why? Are you about to hit us with a welcome bike right there? No, I was actually breathing to get ready for yours. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what we got here. <laughs> Need a deep breath. 